Section forty four, volume three, chapter seven of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter seven. She's such that were I well assured she came of noble kind and noble stock, I'd wish no better choice and think me rarely wed. Didst thou not say she came from good descending? Pericles, Prince of Tyre. The scene at Scarborough, meanwhile, was far from uneventful. Five days of suspense had necessarily followed the departure of Arthur, without affording more than the intelligence, communicated in a few hurried lines, written on joining Dr. Grant at Holywell to dispense the anxieties of Marian, and depressed as she was in spirits not all the invitations of the duchess not all the importunities of the daughters could induce her to join the diversions of the spalding party it is true that lord wildingham who had made his appearance according to arthur's prediction an altered man and apparently a better and a wiser made daily visits to the house of mrs robsey but evidently less for the pleasure of talking to mrs arthur armitage than of rosamond devonport marian had witnessed their first strange interview and the singular influence the child of the woods had exercised over the feelings of the man of the world marian greatly and justly admired the beauty and naivety of rosamond and above all marian's kind and gentle disposition rendered her a patient auditress of the troubles of all her friends even although as now engrossed by afflictions of her own lord wildingham she discovered had already found time to revisit the grange but without success access had been denied him on the plea that miss margaret was seriously indisposed and his only consolation lay in the surly announcement of the old serving-man that there was no use in coming again as the family would be away in a few days to scarborough on this hint his lordship spoke not but immediately set off to join his family nor did it require incentive less powerful than the hope of acquaintanceship with the maranham family to determine him to confront the manoeuvres of the duchess who at a distance from her thousand and one home avocations and schemings would doubtless devote to the disposal of his time money interest and perhaps affections the whole of her own idleness and genius for intrigue for wyndham was for the nonce the darling one of her children even lord downham as a mere proprietor expectant had sunk into comparative insignificance but all this and more he would have braved for the chance of an interview with a being so fair and bright and pure as rose a being so wholly dissimilar from those with whom for many years past he had been in the habit of association his projects prospered less than might have been expected miss margaret's indisposition was apparently of a very serious nature for no visits were received by the maranham family and rosamond might as well have been immured in the nunnery at york so rarely was she descried by those on the watch for her appearance one day however about a week after the departure of arthur armitage 
marian having been persuaded by her mother and aunt to accompany them with her nurse and child in their morning's walk lord wildingham begged permission to join the family party they accordingly ascended the castle hill together and seated themselves on one of the green mounds of its ancient fortifications to enjoy the freshness of the sea breeze and the diversified aspect of the ocean with its little squadron of fishing-boats and distant and scarcely defined sails vanishing towards the northern seas a leith steam-vessel anchored within a mile or two of the shore from which a boatful of passengers was rapidly rowing to land was engrossing their attention and speculations when suddenly the shrill tones of a discordant female voice startled them from their observations and lord wildingham started to his feet and stood hat in hand when passing between them and the edge of the cliff appeared the gaunt and epicene presence of di marinum apparently occupied in bestowing a lecture of no ordinary severity on the lovely girl gliding patiently and submissively by her side mrs arthur armytage aware of the importance attached by lord wildingham to the pacification of her involuntary feud with the family at the grange rose from her seat and approaching the weird woman courteously accosted her with the kindest inquiries after her invalid sister and communicated unasked the particulars of her last afflicting intelligence from clifton but mistress di was unappeasable readily perceiving that while marian was engaging her attention lord wildingham had seized the opportunity to commence a conversation with rosamond she uttered her replies in her gruffest and most unconciliatory tone so as to render impossible the prolongation of the interview and having seized the arm of rose bade good morning both to his lordship and mrs arthur armytage with an air that seemed to bid them avaunt and quit her presence and who in the name of mercy is that masculine-looking woman cried mrs robsey when her niece and lord wildingham returned to their seats one of our holywell neighbours replied marian somewhat disconcerted i shall begin to think that all the old women in yorkshire are rude and overbearing resumed mrs robsey this person is almost as abominable as mrs armytage pray my dear does she consider herself a lady she is the daughter of the late sir wolston marinham and one of the most ancient families in the county answered marian more sorry for lord wildingham's disappointment than indignant against mrs di of whom exclaimed her mother of sir wolston who sir wolston marinham he has been dead for many years and his daughters succeed him in all but the baronetcy sir wolston marinham are you quite sure reiterated mrs robsey quite sure he was an intimate friend of the armytage family and his daughters did you say how many did he leave is one of them named margaret he left three i fancy and one of them is named margaret she is a great invalid but the young lady who passed us just now cannot be one of the sisters my dear marian inquired mrs baltimore no she is only their ward and how old about eighteen i fancy eighteen or nineteen about eighteen or nineteen persisted mrs baltimore addressing her sister 
and it all occurred when marian was about three years old as sure as fate harriet it is his child whose child eagerly inquired mrs arthur in her turn but neither of them answered her question although lord wildingham who was lending an attentive ear to all that passed looked even more inquisitive than herself did you notice her was she pretty was she at all like the family inquired mrs robsey addressing mrs baltimore decidedly the first thing that struck me in the young lady was that she resembled marian before her marriage and so she does cried lord wildingham there has always been something in miss devonport which perplexed me i see it now it is her likeness to mrs arthur armytage how very singular not singular at all if our suspicions are well founded said mrs baltimore incautiously i wish we could make it out make out what dear mamma cried marian do you perchance know anything of rosamond's birth and parentage it appears to be an enigma in yorkshire ah poor child ejaculated mrs robsey i wish i had noticed her more closely i have always so longed to see her and you say that all the sisters mariner are still alive and that one of them is a great invalid resumed mrs baltimore addressing marian yes miss margaret who is a sort of hypochondriac has not quitted the grange for many years she has lately however been dangerously ill added lord wildingham with undisguised interest in the subject and is now at scarborough for her health that must certainly be the one cried mrs robsey and her sister at the same moment my dear aunt my dear mother you seem bent on exciting our curiosity cried marian still more and more perplexed pray my dear inquired mrs robsey without noticing her exclamation do you think by any chance it ever reached this poor creature's ears that you were related to the o'moran family i should imagine not said mrs arthur musing for a moment my dear mrs armytage reflect for a moment rejoined lord wildingham have you forgotten our unlucky visit from spalding court have you forgotten the affair of lady emily mclaren true now you remind me of it they certainly must be aware of the relationship yes dear aunt one day in a foolish jest i introduced a person to the family at the grange lady emily mclaren to whom you took so great a fancy at the races and who did not wish her real name to be known as my aunt lady o'moran you introduced her under that name to the marinums and how did they take it what in the world did they say they neither spoke nor looked at either of us and from that time there has been a complete coolness between us as you may have perceived just now i'm sure i'm not surprised said mrs baltimore poor thing they must have thought you intended to put an affront upon them but how were you to know anything about the matter how am i ever to learn unless you explain it to me what does all this mystery mean what can you know what can you have ever known about persons living so remote from your own sphere as these old ladies remote enough of late years i fancy which is the reason we have been so completely in the dark respecting them and more particularly respecting the poor girl but i declare harriet cried mrs baltimore suddenly addressing her sister 
i have a vast mind to write to my brother dominic who has all the papers and knows all the rights and wrongs of the case to ascertain whether the age of the poor babe tallies and so forth and it will all be very convenient for lord ballina never leaves the castle before christmas and so i can just put the letter under cover to him dominic is not fond of paying postage how should he with his large family and i'm sure i don't often trouble him i have written but once since i had to announce marian's marriage have you heard from my brother lately harriet i generally get a letter once in a twelvemonth answered mrs robsey without the smallest compassion on marian's or lord wildingham's baffled curiosity to acquaint me with the birth of another child and that his wife is doing well and so forth how many has he now twelve or thirteen i think lord my dear how you talk you forget the twins that were born the same time as my little tom fifteen to be sure seven boys and eight girls what a family sighed mrs dyke and all brought up and doing well on less than five hundred a year it is a shame that lord ballina has never raised his salary added mrs baltimore only four hundred a year for one of the most difficult agencies in ireland where his parlour window is fired into as often as two or three times in a winter poor fellow and his turf stack pulled down every week poor soul but what has my uncle dominic to do with miss devonport interrupted marian unable properly to interest herself in these momentous family details what does he know about margaret Maranham? hush my love you must on no account talk about it ejaculated her mother in a mysterious voice you know my dear marian i never so much as mentioned the subject to you in all the time we used to pass together added her aunt in an equally oracular tone but pray mention it now cried marian you cannot think how much you have excited my curiosity you do not know how warmly miss devonport has always interested my feelings how strangely things of that kind sometimes fall out eh sister cried her mother to mrs robsey to think now that marian of all people in the world should be the one to find out that poor child and point her out to our notice extraordinary indeed replied mrs robsey for heaven's sake and mine whispered lord wildingham to mrs arthur armytage persuade them to explain themselves pray dearest mamma exclaimed marian pray take pity on our curiosity indeed you may rely on my discretion another time my love another time replied mrs baltimore adding in a mysterious whisper it would not be proper to enter into a discussion of such a subject before a stranger and now cried mrs robsey rising from her seat we must be making the best of our way homewards poor dear dyke will be wanting his luncheon and unless i am there to mix his madeira and water he eats nothing do not allow them to drop the subject said lord wildingham to marian as they descended the hill together pray remember that i rely upon you for the eclaircissement of a thousand doubts and difficulties i will call upon you at an early hour to-morrow 
by that time you will have managed to obtain some explanation i hope so was her reply believe me i am as much interested in the subject as yourself i rather think not replied lord wildingham smiling significantly but i have all possible reliance upon your good nature End of volume 3, chapter 7